It is wonderful to be with you, and I am grateful for the warm welcome, and I'm working on your names as fast as I possibly can. The Gospel reading is from Mark's Gospel, the sixth chapter. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and Jesus was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came toward them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for all saw him and were terrified. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This little gospel narrative contains the entire drama of our faith and the entire truth of our lines, lives. It only takes six verses to tell. There was a storm. Do you know that there is always a storm in the Bible and there's always some storm in our lives? The translation in Mark calls it an adverse wind. The Old Testament calls it chaos. Be it illness or tragedy or loss or pain or anger, confusion, despair, it is that force of disorder that leaves everything broken and shattered. You know, it turns out in the whole scope of the Bible, the Bible is more preoccupied with chaos than it is with sin and guilt. Not that sin and guilt are not important, but we can actually concoct some ways to make an approach to sin and guilt. But storms, chaos, is never controllable by us. Storms produce an anxiety within us that nothing seems to calm. It is a sense of deep helplessness because you cannot touch it and you can't manage it and you can't control it and you can't predict it and it blows into your life and dislodges absolutely anything it wants to. And it seems like any attempt that we make to tame these storms does not touch our deep fear about which the Bible speaks, where people like you and me live, and where the promises of God have to be brought to bear, or what good are they? Fear and chaos are real. Anxiety has overtaken depression as our nation's most prevalent mental health problem, and anxiety-fighting drugs have become pharmaceutical companies' hottest commodities. That's a quote from the Wall Street Journal almost 10 years ago before the financial meltdown. What is up with that? Two things about this gospel text in Mark strike us right off. First, it says, they strained against an adverse wind without success. Years ago, my neighbors discovered they had a sizable water problem and there was water all along their foundation and in their basement. They got it fixed at great expense, but as the contractor was leaving, he said to my neighbors, you know, water always wins. Storms are always too strong. 
The other thing the text says is Jesus wasn't there. They were out on a boat. Jesus was on the shore. The followers of Jesus were on their own. He wasn't far away, but he wasn't paying any attention. Even once he started walking on the sea, it says he intended to pass them by. Jesus was not preoccupied with the disciples or their dangers. That's a recipe for trouble. A big storm, straining without success, and absence. I wonder if you know anything about that in your life. There are so many of you here, and in my vast experience of six days as your pastor, uh, I have met relatively few of you. But from my life experience and my pastoral experience, I have come to know that there are seasons in every one of our lives where there is a storm and there is straining and there is an absence so painful that we don't think we have permission to talk to anybody about it out loud. And then they see Jesus. They had not thought to call on him. They had been trying to manage the storm on their own. I think we know something about that. And they looked up and there was Jesus. They looked but they did not recognize him. Like sometimes when you see someone in a place, in a context, you don't expect them, you, don't, you can't place them. In the middle of the storm, I would think they would have welcomed Jesus, but Mark says they were terrified. Jesus scared them more than the storm scared them. Jesus appears in many forms that are not immediately recognizable. Jesus is not always a cozy, familiar presence. He terrified them. More than that, being there at the edge of the storm, Jesus doesn't change anything, at least not at first. Jesus just appears and says, it is I. He doesn't say his name. They know his name. They know who I is. They had not thought to utter his name. They had not thought to bring the name of the word Jesus with them. But when he said, it is I, suddenly the floodgates of memory and meaning opened to them. All the promises of God they had learned from their youth got recalled by them in that storm with just those words, it is I. I am Yahweh and I have called you, Isaiah 42, 6. I am Yahweh and beside me there is no Savior, Isaiah 43, 11. I am the one who blots out your transgressions, Isaiah 43, 25. I am the first and the last, Isaiah 44, 6. I am Yahweh who made all things, Isaiah 44, 24. I am Yahweh and there is no other, Isaiah 45, 5. You can look those up if, if you want. <laughs> of all the things Jesus could have said in the middle of that fearful storm, Jesus says, it is I. But with those words, he brought a boatload of promises with him. And even those afraid Trembling disciples in the midst of the big storm knew what comes next. It always comes next in the Bible. It is I, get this, do not fear. 
It is the oldest promise of God and still the most reliable. It is the word that has been spoken through all the storms of our lives for years and years and generations and generations. Do not fear I am with you. Do not fear I will help you. Do not fear I have redeemed you. Do not fear or be afraid. Jesus said to the same bunch in another storm a few chapters earlier in Mark 4, why are you afraid? Do you not know that my presence and my promise is the antidote to the storm? Do do you not see that I am the creator of heaven and earth and chaos is interesting to me? But it is no threat. It's not a threat to me and you can trust this. It is not a threat to you. And then Jesus said, take heart. They lost their heart in their fear and in their anxiety and in their panic. I love that. Take heart. Take your heart. Take yourself. Get yourself back. Be who you were created to be by God. God is giving us back ourselves. Jesus has addressed us in our worst, most fearful, most broken places and reminded us of the oldest, most reliable promises of God. This is what Jesus said to them in the storm. This is what Jesus says to us today. It is I. Do not fear. Take heart. But I want you to notice, in that moment, in verse 50, they were with Jesus, but there was still a storm. According to Mark, the storm didn't end until verse 51. The disciples still in the storm are asked to respond to Jesus before the storm quiets down. It's not what we want. We want everything to calm down and everything to be comfortable and everything to be placid, and then we're happy to get along with faith and trust and obedience and hope and all those good things. No. No. The storm is still raging when Jesus speaks the promises and offers the invitation. The space between verse 50 and verse 51 is a millimeter, but it's a millimeter where we learn a whole lot about real faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, yes, there's a storm, but look at me. Listen to me. Do not regard the storm Disregard the chaos, Jesus says. Listen and look to me. And in that moment, they did. They looked at Jesus, but they did what most of us do. We like to hedge our bets. So they looked at Jesus, and then they kind of snuck a a little look at the storm. And Jesus said, look at me, and they looked at Jesus, but then they looked at the storm. Look at me, and they looked at Jesus, but then they kind of peeked back. Look at me, look at the storm. Look at me, look at the storm. Look at me. Let's look at the storm. They looked at Jesus in faith, but they looked back at the storm in fear. Right there is the cycle of our life. Fear and faith vying for our attention. Jesus offers us a way of living where fear has no place. Jesus said, do not be afraid. His saying that is a massive invitation to faith. Very much like how uh, parents will go in 
to a child when the child is having a nightmare, you know, we will enter that dark room and we will hold the child and say, don't, don't be, it's okay, I'm here. Please don't be afraid. Take, take care. It's okay. I am here. And hopefully, the child will, after a time, roll over and go back to sleep. Except our nightmares, our storms, our chaos, what makes us fearful and broken goes deeper down in us. The darkness of a bad diagnosis, a bad report, a failed market, a failed test, a failed marriage, the failure of self-control, a broken relationship, a broken heart, all those cause such great fear. But never forget that the presence and promise of Jesus defies every fear. It's like the wind and the storm in the middle of this get talking to each other saying, we might as well take off. Uh, We're not going to win today. The Lord Jesus is here. And the disciples were amazed. Of course they were amazed. We are always amazed because we always overcredit the storm and underestimate the power and presence of Jesus. The storm is real and powerful, but it cannot persist in the face of Jesus who wipes out the source of every single fear. What a mouthful. I get to say to you today and we get to say to others, the storms of our lives are real and powerful, but they cannot last in the face of Jesus, who wipes out the source of every single fear. Wow, do I wish Mark would have ended the chapter right there. It's calm, there's amazement, and then there's one more verse, this peculiar verse 52 that doesn't belong there, I don't think, but here it is, they didn't understand about the loaves. What? (laughs) At the beginning of this chapter, there's a feeding miracle. In that feeding, Jesus offers the glorious words of our faith. He took, he blessed, he broke, he gave, he fed, and there are like a zillion loaves left over. But what you need to do is read this through the lens of the Old Testament. Basically, what this is saying is God's creation works. God has created a world of abundance. We don't see that very often or hardly at all, but God created a world of abundance. Whatever it is that you need today, whether it's bread or comfort or peace or the healing of your broken places, a place to belong in a community of faith built on vulnerability and trust, the making whole of a life come come apart, whatever it is you need, God will provide it. The abundance of God is thrown into the teeth of the storm and God's abundance wins. Mark says the disciples didn't get it. They tried. They really did try. But they couldn't see beyond the storm that was right here and had them in their grip. So for all that momentary common amazement in verse 51, by the end of this narrative, they are almost as afraid as they were at the beginning When we take the last verse, verse 52, seriously, this story tells it like we really are, frightened, 
Having met Jesus, still kind of hard-hearted, still unyielding, still living in a stingy world, this is not some happy miracle tale. It's a story about how weak we can be when the storms of life blow. This story doesn't lie about us, but it doesn't lie about Jesus either. Jesus is the creator become flesh. He is the truth teller we most need. He is the promise giver who saves us. Jesus is more than a match for our fear. The storm cannot resist him. Chaos is no match for Jesus. Fear is undone by his Easter. Do not be afraid. Even as I repeat those words now, um, old fears, I can feel them creeping in around the edges. The good news is powerful, but it doesn't easily defeat the storms that can leave us broken. Tony Campolo tells a story about attending a funeral of his good friend Clarence. It was held at the predominantly African-American church where Tony Campolo is a member. He says the pastor preached an incredible sermon about hope and faith, about the resurrection from the dead, and about how faith always meets and overcomes our fears. After the sermon, the pastor went out of the pulpit and went right down and preached to the family for a while. And after that, in something Campolo had never seen, he went over and preached to the corpse. Uh, he went over and yelled right at the corpse, Clarence, Clarence. They say he did it with such authority, they actually thought Clarence might answer. Uh, Clarence, he said, there's lots of things we should have said to you when you were alive, but we're going to say them all now. And he went through this long recitation of all the things Clarence had done for God and for neighbor, serving Jesus Christ his whole life long. And then after that was over, he goes, that's it. That's all to say. When that's all there is to say, there's only one thing left to say, good night. Good night, Clarence, good night. And with that, the preacher grabbed the lid of the coffin and just slammed it. I mean, this is drama in a, in a funeral, you know? I mean, good night, Clarence, slam. Um, a shock. Went through the whole congregation. And as the preacher lifted his head, they could tell he was smiling. And he said quietly, good night, Clarence, good night. God is in charge. All our fears are over. Good night, Clarence, good night, because I know God is going to give you a glorious morning. And with that, the choir stood up and started singing on that great getting up morning, we shall rise, we shall rise. On that great getting up morning, we shall rise. And people were crying and laughing. They were dancing in the aisles and hugging each other. And Tony Campolo said he knew right then and there he wanted to be part of a community of faith who knew how to turn a funeral into a party and storms into a chance to see the glory of God. My newest friends, um, the good news I announce to you this morning in the name of the storm-stilling creator and our storm-stilling savior and our storm-stilling spirit is this. Jesus speaks today and says, do not fear. And those words, if we take them to heart, will finally banish all fear and put us safely and abundantly beyond all storms.
my advice to you is stop watching the storm and listen to Jesus.